hello and what nope not even not close. it wasn't it wasn't it that didn't was even not well have done. the amount of excitement that our listeners have come to expect that's right that was pretty bad terrible but i don't think that's right no that's, that's not, not right that's not true that's not right you no. completely lied to everybody i didn't write that completely lied to I didn't everyone write that. all right let's go into all right so uh nope <laughs> yep that sounded great whenever they are uploaded whenever they when it, when it, when whenever 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 they whenever, are, whenever, whenever, yeah. whenever. <laughs> Troops that are either on the ground or on the air. On the air. Wow. You're on the air. The Tesla zaps things that are on the air, but you're on the air. All right. I have a, I have a good idea. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So the first one up is the Tesla Tower. Uh, Joe, you want to give us a summary on that one? <laughs> To Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week we talk about our thoughts of the balance changes, a new arena roundup, some decks, and more. Yeah, buddy. We are back for episode eight. You know what that is, Rob? What? One more than Goldeneye. That's true. And two away from a bigger landmark, which will be episode 10. So can we play that song Celebration? Celebrate good times. Come, Come on. on. Yeah. Um, well, don't, don't do it too soon, right? No, not too soon. Um, so got any good plans for Memorial Day weekend? This weekend, I am going to a wedding rehearsal. Right. On yes, Saturday. That's awesome. And then on Sunday, I have a wedding. One of my best friends is uh, getting married. Groomsman in the, uh, in the event. Joe. In the celebration. Joe, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I'll be there with you. You're going to be there with me. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> We're going to the same wedding. <laughs> totally true. I completely forgot. So now that you know what I'm doing and everybody else knows that we're doing the same thing, that's my weekend in a nutshell. Correct. Um, so yeah, we'll both be at the wedding. Uh, I unfortunately am not in the wedding, so I don't have to go to uh, the rehearsal dinner, but I am going to our cousin's barbecue on Saturday, so that should be a lot of fun. Tons of food, hopefully. Favorite thing to eat at a barbecue? Go. Hot dogs. Yeah? Yeah. Not a hamburger? No. Hot dogs, and I'll take, uh, so I'll always do typically. I'll always of, do typically. Typically, I'll always do. <laughs> what, what I try and do is I get two hot dogs, and the first hot dog will always have ketchup and mustard on it. Always. That's signature. The second one, however, now, this is a special thing because not every barbecue will have this. There has to be baked beans, and I put it on the dog. So now here's, the, here's my question. Do you put ketchup and mustard on the dog with the beans, or is it just hot dog and beans? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a, a soup. Nope. <laughs> Very nice. I'm more of a ha hamburger kind of guy. Hamburger or cheeseburger? I think cheeseburger. Bacon so you, or no you've bacon? You've just corrected me on my own favorite food at You're a barbecue. You're welcome. So thank you for that. Bacon or no bacon? I mean, we're not fancy enough to go to barbecue. Typically, with bacon. have bacon at them. Yeah, no. There's. I've never been to a barbecue that specifically has bacon. They're like, hey, you guys want bacon? Where? What are we at the Ritz? <laughs> no, nope. I'm with you. Yeah. So, um, 
again, not too much news came out this week, um, but we did get the uh, balance changes coming through, which have been hectic, I would say, to say the least. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. I think I think the balance changes have caused me to see a lot more which this game in a new light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still find that it has its 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 cards that need changes to their balance, but but yeah, in I general agree. I in general I like the balance changes that they did. Um, you know, I don't really see the golem being played as much as I thought it would be played given the buff that it had. Um I don't I don't I thought the witch was going to be much more difficult to deal with given the given the buffs that it had and the skeletons that she summons mm-hmm. i see her played a lot more but i don't i don't I'm, I'm not scared of her when she comes out still so i mean i guess i shouldn't be scared of a card when it comes out because then i guess it's it's overpowered to be fair but, you shouldn't be scared of anything that's digital good point rob yep <laughs> but anyway <laughs> um i think last week we talked about the the, the hog the hog freeze combo and yeah. how the the freeze got you know i guess nerfed a little bit yeah it got nerfed by by a second right mm-hmm. um i mean to be honest with you i've been using a deck and we'll we'll get to the deck when we get to that part but um i've been using a deck that has the hog freeze combo and to be honest with you i can't believe that it used to be a second longer i've had so much so much success with the hog freeze combo that it feels I, cheap if it were longer like I can't believe, like a, as it currently is, I fe- I feel like it still does an incredible job, hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, so I can't even imagine if I would have used it before when it was a whole second longer, what it would have been like. Um, but I I gather that it would have been much easier for me to climb up. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I I haven't really seen um the witch played a lot, but you know what I have seen played a lot more. Tell me, the lava hound. Really? Yep. But how can you see that played a lot more when I feel like it's not that it's not a kind of a card that like everybody has? Because before the balance changes hit, I only really ever saw it once. But do you think that that has something to do with the fact that it was such a new card and then now more people are getting it? Like, I don't know if I think like here, here's my opinion on it. I feel that it's a legendary, right? And I've always said this. As soon as I get a legendary card, I'm incorporating it into my deck one way or another. So like, I don't feel like people like had the Lava Hound and were just sitting on it for a week. You know, I feel like I feel like it's just a week later, week and a half later, and now people have it. So they're using it. Yeah, it's probably a good point. Um, But what were your impressions of the balance changes in general? Like, I know last week we talked about the fact that the we thought it was going to impact the meta in a way that would cause the overall the cost of decks to go down mm -hmm. that. You know, by by decreasing the viability of the elixir pump by buffing more lower cost cards to have more value when they're played right that it was just going to make things less weight and more push yeah more offense less defense yeah um, i think what, what are your opinions on i that? think that's happening um i can tell you right off the bat that uh i'm having a problem with jason's deck um because of the elixir pump and everybody decided to put a fireball in their deck <laughs> um so there's a change i knew was going to happen and again, if you're looking for Jason's deck, check out our episode four, Helsinki Tournament. We go in detail about the deck and how it's played. Good shout out. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, I mean, I still see Hog Freeze used all the time. I still see uh, Royal Giant used all the time. Um, overall, 
I think it was a good set of balance changes. Um, I do think that there still needs to be a little bit more tweaking to be done. Um, but I can tell you, um, in the, in, not in the arena part of everything, um, but in the actual game, um, like in the menus, uh, I bought cards for like the first time in a long time, other than like an Epic card. I, 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 uh, bought, um, 20, I think it was 20, 20 something, 20 something elixir pumps to get it to, uh, level six. I think. Nice. Um, yeah, which helped a lot because I was really annoyed about the fireball. Um, and the whole linear increase of gold cost for cards yep. makes a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you can buy so many more of them at lower costs, but eventually it gets to a point where you're just not able to afford them anymore. No, it does. But before I wasn't able to afford 20. Now I was able to drop like 2000 gold and buy 20. No, I'm with you. I think I, I like the linear shop. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's good for business. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, and then somehow while the meta was shifting, um, I somehow managed to make it to my all time high of 2,600 trophies. That is so impressive. And you did that with Jason's deck. I did. So like to me, I couldn't get past 2,500 with Jason's deck. Um, and then I took a fall. I took a fall for the worst this week. It was, it was a high of 25-something and then a severe low of, of 2,000 to the point where I couldn't play Jason's deck anymore. I had to switch it up. I thought that the balance changes that came out just ruined the deck. Yeah. And I tried making a new one. And then you reach out to me with a <laughs> screenshot of 2,612 or something like that, whatever you just said, oh, with Jason's deck. And I was like, this is unbelievable. But congratulations. I'm happy for you. Thanks, kind of, bud. I'm I kind of happy it. for you. I'm oh, jealous, but I'm kind of happy for you. We call that uh, bittersweet. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's Joe. Joe, bittersweet, boom, man. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that really happened was Supercell put a post on their blog about how, if you want a, a guideline for if you wanted to make your own Clash Royale tournament. So didn't they do this once before? Something like I think, this? I think they did, but I think they did it where like a different website was like kind of giving you that guidance. I think this is straight from the horse's mouth, as they say. I think, I mean, when you look at what they posted, though, for Friendly Battles, they, they push you to use Challenge that, with the O in it. Remember that website that we talked about, I guess, in episode three, maybe? Yeah. Um, Battle FY and also tournament with two o's instead of an o and a u so everybody everybody that makes these websites knows how to spell really well yeah that's true (laughs) but i mean i I guess what they try to do is just have a one-stop shop for everybody that's looking to how how to create a tournament and the guidelines related to those that way everybody's on the same page and then they also gave you different um forums so that you could actually create the tournament like challenge or battlefy or or tournament like we just said yeah um this will be uh, pretty useful, I think. Um, I'm not saying that we're gonna have a tournament soon, but uh, we're gonna have a tournament soon. Yeah, we'll probably have a tournament soon. We just have to <laughs> we just have to figure out all the logistics, and I think that this is gonna help. Um, and then, since we have the Discord stuff going on in the clan, I mean, we have a great way to communicate. I think we'll just use these other sites to. Uh, you don't make brackets because it's only official if you have a bracket. Boom. Yep. 
Um, so let's go into uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode. Our Arena Roundup. Arena Roundup. Yeah, so um, this week we are talking about Pekka's Playhouse, and that would be Arena 4, which requires 1,100 or more trophies. So the cards that we have in this arena, um, which I actually, I would say that this is probably one of my favorite uh, arenas in terms of the cards that you get. Completely agree. Yeah. So we have the Tesla, the Minion Horde, the Inferno Tower, the Hog Rider, the Freeze, the Lava Hound, and the Pekka. Hey, Rob, I think you, I think you may have mispronounced one of the, one of the cards. What? Yeah, I think you, you, you mispronounced one. Hog Rider! <laughs> just saying, I'm just saying. You missed uh, it the first time, so. You were banking on a, on a way to get that in there. I'll take it any way I can get it. You can say it as many times as you want. Just be aware that you may annoy some folks. I'm not saying it more than once, but th- just know this is my favorite arena for the fact that I get the Hog Rider. Boom. Boom. Um, so uh, the first one that we have is the Tesla Tower, which is... Uh, one of the building cards um, that we have in the game. You want to give us a summary on that one? Sure. So the Tesla Tower is a four-cost Elixir card. Um, as you mentioned, it's a troop. Or, no, as you mentioned, it's a building. I don't know why I said troop. But um, the Tesla Tower is a four-Elixir-cost card that actually just got recently buffed in the, um, in the balance changes. Right, Rob? They, um, I guess they gave it some more health. So, Rob, do you find that this card is actually getting played more now that it's gotten a buff uh, since the balance change came out? I do, and guess what? I still find it used with the cannon a lot. With the cannon? Yeah. So they're like, like the cannon they go, and the Tesla together? To, yeah, they go together like uh, lamb and tuna fish. Big Daddy, no? Lamb and... No, 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 it's like this. It's like, lamb and tuna fish. No, 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 you're right. He goes, you're right. He goes, lamb and tuna fish. And then everybody lamb turns around fish? like, what? And he's like, what? Spaghetti you need the ball, you like it better? <laughs> Maybe you'll like that analogy. What's your, what, what's your feeling about the Tesla? I like the Tesla. I don't, I don't use it. I've always liked the Tesla. I mean, I've never used it, but I, I think it's a pretty effective card. Um, it has a very high rate of attack, but very, I wouldn't say very low damage. It has pretty decent damage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I would see it used more, given the fact that the cannon had two nerfs in terms of its health, and the Tesla had an increase in health. But I think what's driving the, the fact that people aren't using it as much is because it's a four-cost card. Um, right. But with the four-cost, you get the ability to attack ground and air, whereas the cannon is only good for ground. Ground. Um, so that's what you're paying the extra, the extra elixir for. But I thought it would be in more. I don't see it as much as I thought I would. But overall, I still like the card. That's true. I feel like this card is best played when it's uh, in front of your crown tower, but closer towards the middle of... Um the arena um and it's very good at getting rid of um goblins pretty much any goblin yeah but it can get overwhelmed pretty quickly um it, it's very good to get rid of those low-cost cards but if if the if the low-cost troops um kind of swarm up around it it has no chance that's true but it's i i i think i i really like it more for um an answer to the goblin hut because the Goblin Hut is spitting out one after so many seconds, so it can really handle that. It's not really uh, a swarm yet. Sure. But it can be, so... Um, so it kind of tames know, the swarm before it comes out. That's why you have seven other cards, right? Boom. Yeah. 
The next card that we have is the trusty old Minion Horde, which now we can say Minions anytime we like. Minion Horde. Love yeah. these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a five-cost card that gives you six of the little gargoyle minion guys. Um, so a little bit more expensive than the regular minions, um, but as the card says, three's a crowd, six is a horde. <laughs> awesome (laughs) yeah Uh um but i mean they serve different purposes right like you're gonna play the minions when you want to deal a little bit of damage play your deck a little bit quicker um and you're not overwhelmed but the minions aren't going to effectively kill um a giant very quickly or a hog as quickly the minion horde is extremely reliable to take out both swarms of troops but also singular high health troops like the giant the hog rider the the prince the the prince even the royal giant yeah um so these are really really good there is a huge downside to these though they're called arrows (laughs) that that is the (laughs) huge downside to this card um arrows destroy this card um if especially if they're timed well like if if your opponent can can time or predict when you're gonna play your minions um or your minion horde to distract or kill something mm-hmm. you're effectively wasting five elixir and he's answering with three and you have no answer anymore <laughs> that's true um, um so yeah what i try and do is when i'm playing i will specifically try and not use my minion horde for as long as possible and the goal here is to try and uh let the other players cycle through their deck so i can see what cards they have um, especially if I can get my archers, cause again, I'm playing Jason's deck still. So if I can get my archers and my spear goblins down and it looks like a swarm to them, a lot of times people will throw their arrows for stuff like that. So if I can get them to throw their arrows for that, I now know they have arrows. Now I will start using my minion horde. Yeah, no, it's a perfect way to do it. I think if you have, if you have the minion horde, bait the arrows out, mm-hmm. then use your own minion horde. Safer play. Yeah, I think that that's probably the best way to do it. Of course, there's always exceptions to every rule, right? So sometimes I'll throw them out in dire situations, but for the most part, I won't. Other spells also kill this card too. Like the fireball annihilates these. The zap, while it doesn't kill them, the zap will stun them all and effectively get each individual minion to one to be able to be one shot by anything in the game that can attack mm-hmm. air. So it's it's really deflating when that happens, and then you have a half health minion horde traveling lonely across the battlefield and the tower just takes them out one hit at a time completely agree these mm-hmm. things are also not that good against the baby dragon um they're also not that good if the wizard is attacking them <laughs> well the, yeah they're they're terrible against the wizard <laughs> yeah. however when you said the baby dragon that's true one on one or one verse six they're not good against the baby dragon however i will tell you that a great strategy is if you have this card or something like this uh, an equivalent um let the baby dragon uh get distracted by say a giant um and now when the baby dragon is attacking the giant you can strategically place your minion horde behind the baby dragon and they can easily take out a dragon i agree so yeah, that's pretty much that one. Um, ooh, ooh, what is it? The Inferno Tower. The Inferno Tower. I, 
I really like this card. I don't know that there's that much to talk about it. No, you can't like, you like this card? No. Well, that's because you have a giant and you know that that's the, one of the best answers to your giant. That is the answer for the giant. Right. So that's why you roll your eyes, but I mean, right, it's whatever. a very I'm good salty. card. Fine. Especially against the giant, the Royal giant, the P.E.K.K.A. Um, it does work against the hog rider, the mini P.E.K.K.A., the dark prince. Anything with tons of health, Anything because with tons of health. the Inferno Tower, as we know, starts off doing very, very small amounts of damage and then increases that damage incrementally, and then towards the end, it's doing hundreds, if not a thousand damage. Right. So obviously this card is best used against single target troops um, that it can sit on for maybe five seconds and then they'll just die. Um, and good ways to counter this is to either one attack it with multiple troops at once or two um stun it or freeze it while it's in the middle of its um, attack that way it starts to build up its attack but it's not doing much damage and then mm -hmm. once it's a right about to start doing a lot of damage you stun it with the zap or you freeze it with the freeze spell um either of those two things work really well i have a question for you about that because i've never tried because i don't play the freeze spell sure um if you because the inferno tower is the only tower that continuously attacks something with like a stream of whatever plasma fire. Yep. Um, so when you freeze it mid fire stream, does it continue with the fire stream or does it cease with its fire stream? No, it completely stops. And then it, oh, okay. and then it restarts on the next closest target. I want, I would assume it starts at the lowest damage as well. Yeah. It re it completely restarts the process. Oh, that's cool. It would be just like freezing or stunning the sparky. It would have to restart its five second, um, charge. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. If I ever play the freeze, I'm going to be excited to try that. Boom. All right, Joe. Are we doing it? You ready? Rob, if there was one card in this game that I was born ready to talk about, it's this one. Do it. Hog Rider! I love this card. It is the staple of my existence with this game. Yep. If they took this card out of the game, I don't know how much I would play the game. Which might make, I mean, if they did it, it might make my fiance a little bit happier because I play this game a lot, but... <laughs> True. But I really, really enjoy this, this card. Mm -hmm. I think it fits my play style. My play style is, um, depending on what other cards you use with it, is to be defensive in nature while building up an offensive strategy. But I love cards that push to the tower. Um, the hog is obviously very good at that because it either kills buildings or towers. Um, so it's really cool to see the, the bunch of different combinations that you can do with this card to really make it effective. And I like them all. Plus, it can jump over a river. Yeah. And um, as we both know, this is the only ground card that can do that. Jump over the river. That's right. I, I just... It's so versatile. Um, the fact that it can hop over a river can avoid so many things. It can distract things while it's jumping over the river. Um, since it's so quick and it doesn't bother with other troops that are on the ground or in the air, obviously, um, it can effectively distract anything, right? I mean, you throw this down when something's close to your tower and the hog goes one way and the other thing just follows it. <laughs> That's true. The only things that don't fall into that category are obviously other uh, units that focus on buildings. Correct. Like 
the balloon. Um, so what's your favorite way to use this card? Because we both use it in Jason's deck, and I have a way I like to use it, and I want to know your way that you like to use it. I mean, ever since I found out the hog freeze combo, and I'm, this might sound, you know, cliche, but it's such an effective way to use the card. You, you don't need the hog to do anything else but damage the tower. Mm-hmm. So if you can effectively set it up to start doing damage to the tower, and then you freeze everything around it for four to five seconds Mm -hmm. it only needs three to four hits every single time that it gets to the tower for it to be effective and eventually kill the tower by the end of the game especially if you're using it with a low cost deck and you can cycle to it often right it's just a very difficult strategy to deal with yeah that's true um a lot of the stuff that i see uh combat that would be like dropping barbarians after you've waited for the freeze to go off right and then takes out the hog rider. Um, but this card, the, I guess the main reason why I like this card is because it can keep your opponent on their back foot, especially if they are an offensive player. Right. So if they are aggressive and they throw everything on one side, or they're the kind of player that plays like a very high cost deck, like something mm-hmm. with the P.E.K.K.A. or the Golem, or the royal giant or the giant that they throw in the back. As soon as you see what side they're picking, if you have the hog and something else that can make a push on the other side, you can really keep them honest because they have to respond to your hog. And if they don't, they're not going to be able to build. And and if they don't, sorry, they have to respond to your hog. And if they don't, the hog is just going to kill the tower. I mean, it's the kind of card that if it's not dealt with, it can easily take it down to 25% all by itself. Yep. And if they do, if, if they do respond to the hog, then they're not going to effectively be able to get their, their normal push or their normal setup that they always have, which makes them right. comfortable when they drop their, their troop in the back. Right. Um, so I like, I, I agree. Uh, I think that this works well with my play style too. Um, I try to be patient sometimes, but I'm also a pretty aggressive player, I think, sometimes. Um, what I like to do is, I'll start on one side of the the arena um, and set my quote unquote push up that way, um, and that pretty much gets uh, the other player focused on that lane. Um, and when that's happening, provided I could at least assume that he doesn't have arrows or just use them, I'm going to drop my hog and my minions or my minion horde on the opposite side in the other lane, um, right at the river, and the hog will be faster than the minion horde, get to the tower first, or at the very least, make it so that the tower is attacking the hog, and then everything just swarms the tower. It's like, if it's timed appropriately, and you've made sure that you've avoided all the cards that need to be avoided, it's almost unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, it can easily take out a tower in about five seconds. Yep, um, if, definitely. If your opponent doesn't have an answer, or if they get too aggressive on one side of the map. Correct, what? correct. Like, like I said before, the Barbarians can easily take out the, uh, the Hog Rider. Um, but then you got the, uh, the Minion Horde there too, so. Yeah, so that's the kind of combination that if your opponent doesn't have the perfect answer to both cards, you're going to do a lot of damage to that tower. Yep, especially since I started the push on the opposite side of the arena. So they had to devote some resources to that side as well. Speaking of... The Hog Rider Freeze combo. The next card that we have is the Freeze Spell, which, as you called out before, 
is a spell that freezes anything for now with the new balance change four seconds at level and it makes one. them at level one and makes them completely unable to move or attack right so we're not going to go crazy into detail on this card because it's pretty self-explanatory and we just talked about it a little bit with the hog but yep. just know that you will most commonly see this card played offensively to throw out like a hog or throw out a couple of troops that are attacking your tower and then somebody's going to drop the freeze to prevent you from killing their hog or something else. But this card is extremely effective when used defensively as well. That's a good point. So the best way that I've seen that used is to freeze a swarm of troops and drop down an AoE troop like um, like the Wizard, or the Valkyrie, or the Bomber, something like that. Um, it also is very effective against the Hog Rider push because you can effectively stop him and the troops from coming your way um, and set up for you know some defense. It just it slows down the game if you use it defensively. So don't be afraid to do that. I agree. I never use this card to begin with, so knowing that it can be used uh, defensively is a good um, is a good tip because. I would have never really thought to do that. Well, all I'll say is it, when we get to the, the deck that I'm currently using, which we'll talk about in the, in the deck spotlight, um, I was not using that card defensively at all. All I was ever doing was using it offensively with the Hog and another card, the Valkyrie, mm -hmm. um, as an offensive push card. But what I found is when I took a step back, slowed down the game a little bit, and made sure that I wasn't dying then I could set up for my offensive push much easier. So I was stuck around 2100 without doing that. And then when I started realizing I could do it and was effectively pulling it off, I climbed up to about 2500. So it makes a huge difference in your games if you, if you can do it correctly. Good point. Um, so the next one we have is the new card, the legendary, the Lava Hound, right? Which is a seven cost card. Um, that is a flying unit, the only flying unit that uh, specifically targets buildings. Right. Pays no attention to anything else that's on the field. Correct. And I think, you know, again, we don't have to go too much detail on this card because we, we just covered it when it first came out. Yeah. But it is the tankiest flying unit. It, its job is to sit there and, and tank the, the tower while your other troops are doing damage. And it got a buff, these balance changes, right? Got a buff. It has more health, and its little pups have more health, too, which, mm -hmm. when it dies, it bursts out into mini pups that do yeah. a lot of damage and attack anything around them. I so. definitely think that their balance change made um, them more effective, at least being able to deal with a tower. Right, because it, it, takes an, it takes the tower an extra attack to kill each one of them and there's yep. six i think so it's an extra six attacks yeah and the tower attacks fast but not that fast correct mm -hmm. um so i mean i mainly go after this car with my minion horde um so it actually works well that it's in this uh arena and that i have that card in my deck because i don't know if i'd be able to take it out otherwise yeah, it's, it's interesting that one of the best counters to this card is also in the same arena. Yeah, the only thing that I want to say about this card, because it is a beast if it's played in the correct deck. Have you seen it played in a virtually all-air deck? No. Really? Because I have. So we're talking Lava Hound, Balloon, 
Baby Dragon, Minions, and Minion Horde, and then three other cards. That sounds, that sounds like I don't want any part of it. Terrifying, because there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, like, what, what answers are you going to put down to, to stop it? I really don't know. I don't have the right deck for it. Jason's deck doesn't work for that. So, something to be aware of, folks. Look out for the all-air deck. So, the last card that we have in Arena 4... The man, the myth, the legend, Pekka. Pekka. I love his description, by the way. A heavy armored, slow melee fighter. Swings from the hip, but packs a huge punch. <laughs> I like how they say all the time when, when the game is loading, nobody knows what's behind the mask. Maybe even another, another mask. mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love this card. Um, I don't really see it played as much anymore, uh, or as much as I used to see it before all these balance changes started coming out. Um, you know, I don't know what the reason is, but it might be because of the fact that decks are becoming more low cost. So, mm -hmm. you know, inco incorporating a seven cost card in your deck, um, might be a little bit tricky. I don't know the answer, but I just don't see it as much anymore. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think maybe you and I are playing on two different servers cause I see it a lot. Really? Yeah. I, and it, keep in mind that it takes three seconds to deploy um, and I usually like always when I do see it, it starts in the back of the arena, um, because it takes a long time to get out there. And then because it moves so slow, the other player definitely has enough time to build up that elixir, especially if they have an elixir collector. Um, I can tell you one thing, if I see an elixir collector come out and then a P.E.K.K.A., I'm almost banking on the fact that I'm about to face uh, P.E.K.K.A. Double Prince. Yeah, but that's the thing for me. Like, I don't see this anymore. Really? I can't believe that you actually see this like that often. Yo, you must be on like the California server or something. I don't know what server I, I'm on, but it's, and we're both in the same trophy range. So I, I don't know why we don't see similar decks. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. But um, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm happy I don't see it. So you're probably upset that you see it all the time. I do. And I've had to get creative with being able to deal with it. Um, I essentially wait for it to get all the way across the field, which is pretty normal, I would say. Um, what I really want is for it to get in range of my tower, obviously not too close, but the tower needs to be attacking it. And then I will take my giant, um, and throw it out more towards the center of the arena. So now the P.E.K.K.A. has to walk sideways to get to the giant. Um, and then once he's focused on the giant, I will use my other, uh, troops to take him out. So my biggest one would be my barbarians. Um, or the minion horde. The minion horde is very good. Like, I don't even know if I would use the barbarians against this card, only because they, they have a lot of health, but he one-shots them. So, like... That's true, but he's already focused on the giant. Oh, okay. Then, no, they... I, yeah, no, I completely agree then. So... The only, the only time that this fails is if the other player drops a wizard. Right, because then your barbarians are toast. Yep, or the... Now the fire spirits. But, to your point, when you drop the giant, do you drop the giant in the middle but close enough to the other side of the map where the P.E.K.K.A. The P.E.K.K.A. gets aggroed by it, starts mm -hmm. moving over to the giant, but then the giant walks the other way, and it makes the P.E.K.K.A. effectively just walk from the left side of the map all the way to the right side of the map and just follow the giant. Wait, tell me... Your face looks shocked. Tell me you've never done that before. I don't even know what to say. Dude, look, let's just say that the P.E.K.K.A.'s coming down the left side of the lane, right? No, now I just feel stupid for not even thinking about doing that. Well, I didn't think about it on my own. I saw somebody else do it. 
But if you put the if you right, you can't okay. do it when the Pekka is like halfway in between your tower and the and the river, you have to drop the giant almost as soon as the Pekka crosses the river. If you do that, the giant's going to okay. start walking to the right, but the Pekka will aggro. It'll walk towards the giant. The giant's going to walk away to the right towards the other side of the river. And the cool thing is that they mm-hmm. both walk <clears throat> almost exactly the same speed. So the, the Pekka will never catch the giant, and it will literally just follow the giant around. And the cool thing is, is that your tower will aggro the Pekka, really and funny. as it goes to the other side, the other tower will aggro the Pekka. <laughs> the only thing that can That's screw true. that strategy up is if you drop troops too close to the Pekka and aggro it off of the giant. That would not be a good thing. Oh, and then he gets more, he gets distracted again. And then he won't follow the goes giant. goes the other anymore. way totally foils the plan but dude that's amazing i no part of me ever thought about that not even my brain i'm i'm filled with knowledge you really are um hmm so that's the pekka that's the pekka so that does it for the arena roundup that's right we want to go into our next section deck spotlight so you uh made some decks uh this week correct i did and we actually changed the format of these a little bit um so this week and also moving forward when we make decks we're going to make one deck that uses cards that are in the current arena and lower that way everybody who's in that arena has access to them then we're going to make a second deck that has those cards from that arena but every other card in the game is also up for um up for fair play except for legendaries because not many people have those so we we want to give you know make it more applicable and then the third deck instead of just being limited to just this arena we are making a meta deck um that way we can kind of talk about different cards that people are using currently how they're using them and how you can counter them so that'll be the third deck yeah so uh the first deck that we have is called horde of a good time And it is a deck that is 3.8 with its average elixir cost and contains the following cards. Um, The Skeletons, the Bomb Tower, the Musketeer, the Valkyrie, the Freeze Spell, Arrows, the Minion Horde, and Hog Rider. Yeah, so this deck is extremely viable, especially if you're in Arena 4. Um... The feature of this deck would seem like it's the hog-freeze combo, but it's actually the bomber tower. If you're in Arena 4, the bomb tower is extremely powerful. It might be the... Since it got nerfed, it used to be very Mm -hmm. overpowered, especially in all um, aspects of the game, even in the higher trophy counts. But with the nerf, it is extremely viable and overpowered in Arena 4. So we're using it here. The key thing about this deck is that it's defensive in nature. And as I kind of mentioned before, that's kind of my play style. So I kind of wanted to push that on you a little bit to see if you guys wanted to test it out, see if you like it. It's not going to work at first because a lot of people don't play this way. A lot of people play offensive in nature. So if you're, if you're used to playing offensive games, try and take a step back, slow things down. Use the bomb tower and the free spell to slow the game down. Mm-hmm. And then use cards like the Valkyrie and the um, Hog to push. That's good. I mean, this deck sounds 
pretty awesome. Um, and I don't use the bomb tower a lot. I know we used it in a different deck, uh, last week. Um, but I think that if I were going, if I were going to use it, um, it's definitely going to change my play style a little bit. So I'd have to really do some practice matches before I go into, uh, like a real game. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I just recently switched from going offensive to defensive and it took me a solid 15 to 20 games before I figured out how to play defensively. But don't think that because you're going to use this deck defensively and use the bomb tower and use the, the musketeer and the skeletons as defensive cards to distract and to just group things up, um, mm-hmm. that it's not effective or cannot be offensive. Yeah, that's true. It's not a, it's not a defensive deck. It's just defensive in nature. It can be extremely offensive if you use your defensive cards effectively to build an offensive push. Yeah, and I feel like a really good offensive push would be uh, what we talked about um, last week, except this one actually has the element that was missing from the previous deck, which was the freeze spell. So using the Valkyrie in the front and having the hog push the Valkyrie towards the tower and then freezing whatever comes in front of you. Correct. And the good thing about that is let's just say that you drop the Valkyrie and then you drop the hog. If they drop barbarians and you freeze them, you effectively have a Valkyrie that's getting theirs very, very quickly, just as quickly as the hog would, but then is dealing AOE damage to frozen barbarians, (laughs) basically killing them all, just shredding them. Um, But a way that you can be defensive and then go offensive is to use a card like the bomber, um, the bomber tower, and also the musketeer, because the musketeer is very good defensively. It's very good on your side of the map but it walks very slowly. So you can use this card and not have to worry about having no elixir left by the time it's ready to go on the offensive side. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I really like this deck. Nice job. Thank you. Um, So the next deck that we have is what we lovingly call Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yeah. So this deck... um, as you can guess, um, also contains the freeze spell, um, the musketeer, the cannon, the bomber, the Valkyrie, arrows, the elixir collector, and the hog rider. So this is a deck that I actually stole from a guy in the clan, which we spoke about last week, Bilbo Swaggins. He had created this deck and made it to legend, and as soon as I saw how well he was doing with it, that's what caused me to go, oh, wait a minute, maybe my offensive strategy is not working for a reason. Let's try this. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, this deck is exactly the same as the first deck that we just talked about. The difference is it replaces the bomb tower with the cannon, the skeletons with the bomber, and the minion horde with the elixir pump. So the cool thing about this deck is that you can play very slowly. You can use your bomber, your Valkyrie, your freeze, and your musketeer all as defensive cards, all while getting your elixir pump out to make sure that you have ample elixir for the rest of the match. Mm -hmm. The goal with this deck is to get your musketeer and your bomber out during a defensive play, distracting with your cannon, and then once you feel safe, whether you have to use the freeze or not, to feel safe, going on the offense with your Valk and your Hog. Just like Mm -hmm. the other deck, it doesn't change. The difference is that you are going to have more elixir this time around and you're going to feel more versatile because you're not going to have um, as many limitations. You're going to be able to arrow a little bit more. 
You're going to be able to answer swarms of troops with your, um, with your bomber. So this deck, all in all, is easier to use because um, you have lower cost answers, especially once you get the elixir pump out and it starts generating some, uh, some extra resources for you. But Rob, this was the deck that took me from 2,000 all the way to 2,500 within, you know, a day or two. Really? Yeah. Hmm. You may have convinced me. But it's, it's very, like I said before, I don't want to put it on you and expect you to win right away. It took me at least 20 games to figure out how it plays. So I went on a trophy death spiral <laughs> and, then, and then it started working real well. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it a fair shot. I mean, it's 3.8 average elixir, so... It can be a fast deck, like you said, and having the Elixir Collector in there makes it even faster. Yep. Um, and then the last deck that we have, which we don't really need a fancy name for, I guess, um, it is the Royal Giant Meta deck. So this is a deck that is seen throughout the game um, very often, um, and we could say it's kind of a standard in today's current meta, especially given the Royal Giant's... Uh, recent balance changes um so this deck is a 3.5 average elixir cost deck and contains the royal giant the fireball spell the hog rider the mini pekka the regular minions the tombstone the spear goblins and the zap spell now the one card that's in this deck that might not seem cliche is the tombstone um because most people when they have the royal giant deck they don't really have like perpetual damage they pretty mm -hmm. much just build up to the royal giant and then drop bigger troops with it or swarms of troops with it right um what this deck allows you to do rob like you said it's 3.5 elixir cost so mm -hmm. it can be played extremely fast the only re the only reason why it's even that high is because the royal giant's in it right. so if you're not using the royal giant all that often this is a very, very quick deck, but you can use the Tombstone, the Spear Goblins, and the regular minions to have very quick but effective damage onto your opponent's towers. If you use the P.E.K.K.A., the, I'm sorry, if you use the mini P.E.K.K.A. defensively, mm -hmm. not offensively, but defensively, it'll set you up for an amazing push forward because you can answer something like a Hog or a Prince or a Giant or something with your mini P.E.K.K.A. With the mini P.E.K.K.A. And as long as you set it up right, they're going to just be on your tower while your mini P.E.K.K.A. is dealing damage to them. Right. But that sets you up for a combination of a mini P.E.K.K.A., a royal giant, or a hog, one or, the, one or the other or both, whatever you prefer. But as long as you've previously set up your tombstone, you already have a constant stream of low health troops that are just heading over to your opponent's side, effectively wasting their attacks. And that's the goal. This particular deck distracts your main units from being attacked while they just destroy the towers, which are your mini P.E.K.K.A., your Royal Giant, and your Hog Rider. Right. I think uh, the thing that I like most about this deck is that it has the Tombstone. Um, and the Tombstone is really good because it serves as a distraction card if you're not, you know, using it as the stream of skeletons that it's going to stop, like let's say a prince from using his charge or even the dark prince from using his charge. Um, but it's a distraction card for things like a giant or um, the giant skeleton. So when those cards come over to your side of the field and it winds up attacking that card, yeah, it may die really quickly, 
But theoretically, you'd have other units out there uh, trying to kill those uh, bigger units. Um, but it also breaks out five little skeletons. So they help a lot. Very true. Especially since all the skeletons got a nice upgrade, this balance change. And the whole tombstone got the upgrade. So Yeah, that's true. I think, it lasts longer. I think for me, this deck is very good because I don't know about you, but when I play games, I find that so many times I'm focused on one tower at a time. Mm-hmm. The cool thing about this deck is because it has three different push cards, which are the Royal Giant, the Mini Pekka, and the Hog. Yep. You can use any combination of those three to attack either side of the map at any given time. You right. don't have to focus on one side of the map. The cool thing about it is that because you have these low-cost troops that can be swarmy in nature, like the Tombstone, the Spear Goblins, and the, and the regular um, minions, mm-hmm. you can use those cards to attack one side while setting up your push with the Royal Giant and the other two cards on the other side. It just becomes very, very difficult for your opponent to manage if they're not expecting it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so that pretty much does it for our deck spotlight. We hope you guys enjoyed um, those three decks uh, and test them out in the arena, and hopefully they will uh, do a lot of good things for you, push you over the edge to whatever uh, arena you're trying to get to. Boom. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any clan updates. No clan updates, although we had we have three total legends in our clan now. Well, mm. they dropped down after the reset, but at one point we had three total legends in our clan and we've got a bunch of people that are like 26, 27, 2800 now. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, all right. So, uh, let's go into our last section. <laughs> emails and reviews. So we got three emails this week, uh, and they were all pretty awesome. So the first one comes from uh, Ryan, who in-game goes by the name Nightmare. Um, He writes, Hey guys, huge fan of the podcast since day one. Been working on my game using a lot of techniques from your show. I was wondering if I could get an invite to Discord. I'm already in a clan, but would love to have access to ideas throughout the week. Also having a hard time with my timing for troop placement. Like you say in the show, learning from your mistakes is best. Keep it up, guys, and hope to Discord it up soon. Yeah, so we responded to Ryan's email. Um, You know, he asked about Discord, and Rob, we kind of touched upon this last week or two weeks ago whenever we started the Discord. Mm -hmm. Um, But for right now, we want to keep the Discord channel to only clan members, especially while we're, you know, we just recently had the second clan, we just recently got the Discord, and now the two clans are kind of meeting each other. Um, So until everybody kind of, feels each other out and you know gets to know each other we don't want to open it up to um you know the public realm but um that might be something that we look at in the future um you know totally possible one one thing about this email that i really liked was troop placement um and this is something that i struggle with all the time and it's incredible how if you have a certain set of cards but you place them wrong you can have the perfect answer to anything coming your way. But if you place them in the wrong spot, you can completely get destroyed. Um, and, and Rob, I don't know about you, but one way that I found works really, really well is if you practice with your clan or practice with your friends. And actually, I, I actually um, just did this in Discord um, using the voice channel with mm-hmm. another guy in the clan. His name's Purple Flame. So Purple and I were in the Discord. And basically what we did is one person attacked and one person defended. 
and he was having trouble with the hog freeze combo. Okay. So we looked at his deck and we said, okay, what are your cards and what's your best answer for it? And we just played it over and over and over again. Where should he put his troops? When should he put them down? And how does he avoid damage? And eventually, like at first it was obviously very difficult, but eventually you start to catch on to how the cards work and where you should place them. That's mm-hmm. the best way that I've seen. Um, that's the best way that I've gotten improvement from, from like how to learn how to place my troops down. Right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when I, when I work on plan, uh, planning where I'm going to put my troops, um, I try really hard to not clump them all together. That's probably the biggest thing you can do. Um, is when you throw out cards, A, don't throw them all out at once, especially even if you have the elixir to do so. Um, start with one probably pretty meaty card um, and then work your way from there, like throwing out if you had spear goblins or archers or a musketeer. Again, your ranged units do not belong in the center of the battle. They do their best work when they're farther away. Um, so really try and... Um, I would say experiment where you're putting certain things. It might help sometimes to put cards in places that you don't really uh, think about too often, like behind uh, an enemy troop or a little bit further away so that you can anticipate maybe uh, the enemy fireball so that your card doesn't get hit. So things like that. Um, But as always with everything, practice makes perfect, right? Boom. Yep. Um, So the next email that we got is from Spartan H10 and they write, Hey guys, just wanted to stop in and say that you guys are amazing. I started on the first arena roundup and immediately subscribed. The podcasts are always fresh and exciting. I've used your hut. You see is hut. You get deck and I skyrocketed to arena five since your 10th episode is coming up. Why not celebrate it with a special guest? It would be nice to have someone new to talk to and discuss Royale with new friends every other week or so. Sadly, I have some complications with the podcasts. I would love to vote in your SurveyMonkey poll, but I can't access the hyperlink through the show notes. Is there any way you can find a way for me to access it? Either way, I love the show. Keep up the great work and looking forward to future episodes of Cast Royale. So I really like this email for the fact that a deck that we created actually worked for somebody. (laughs) I know, that's awesome. (laughs) It wasn't, it didn't just work for us. When we created it, we liked it a lot, and we felt like we had to share it, and I'm glad it worked for you. And it has a pretty awesome name. Hot you see is hot you get. Boom. Boom. So the other thing that was really cool about this email was our 10th episode, which we said is a celebration episode, um, but also mentions a special guest host um, or just a special guest in general. And Rob, I know you and I are currently working on that. Um, We don't know whether we're going to be getting somebody from supercell or like a legend to come in and talk with us but just someone with a different perspective that way we can not just be here talking you and i all the time i mean i would be honored if someone from supercell would come and uh hang out with us i don't i feel like they're too important to do that but if they want to do that i'd i would obviously let that happen boom um yeah and i mean you you sent him uh the survey monkey poll so hopefully his voice will be heard we can't wait for that But yeah, thank you again for that email. That was awesome. Uh, And then the last email that we got was from Radagast. It was a pretty awesome name. Um, And they write, hi there. Enjoying the podcast. You guys are a great team. It's almost as if you are brothers. Ha, love it. Um, (laughs) A podcast suggestion. 
It would be great if you can start a section to cover the common deck archetypes in the meta today, like Hog Freeze, Swarm Hut, Cycle Decks, Mortar, Giant Balloon, etc. What makes this type of deck work? How it shifts through the arenas? and good counter strategies. You touched upon this with the arena-specific decks, but a focused look on the different deck types might help folks as they progress through the arenas. Carry on the great show, and boom, Radagast. So Radagast, we love this email. When we saw it, um, we really felt as though the new deck spotlights that we're doing kind of fit into this a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, We've been getting a lot of feedback trying to say, hey, why don't we look at the meta a little bit more? Let's look at what's currently being played and how it's being played and how to counter it. Um, That way we know what to expect as we move into different arenas. We're trying to do that a little bit more with the deck spotlights. We hope that that that's kind of flowing through, especially with the new Royal Giant meta deck that we have and the Hog Freeze, um, the two Hog Freeze decks that we made. So um, we really appreciate your email and it helped us um, tailor that section a little bit. Fine tuning at its best. Oh, and by the way, Um, boom. Boom. Um, so we got four reviews. Um, and the first one is actually from someone in the Netherlands. Uh, and their name is Drazzy. And they write, great podcast, great clan. It's a five-star review. And they write, hey, guys, very nice podcast, a very nice clan to join. Keep up the great work. Greetings from Holland, Ramada. So Ramada's actually in Cast Royale 2. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Ramada is awesome. I didn't know right. that their name was Drazzy, but now that I know that, I think I might just call them Drazzy all the time. <laughs> that's great. That was, like your, that was like your nickname a long time ago, Joey Fizzle. Joey Fizzle. That's, like, that's my game center name. Is it? It is. I forgot. It's <laughs> great. Drazzy. But Ramada, thank you, for the, thank you for the review, and thanks for joining the clan. We appreciate the review. Yeah. Um, and then the next one is from someone named Liquid Analog from Israel, which is pretty dope. It's our first Israel review. That's our first one. Yeah. We're expanding. Um, we're spreading like wildfire. We are. We're, dude, we're like a virus. <laughs> a good one, though. A good one. Um, so it's a five-star review, and they write, Wonderful cast and a great show. Rob and Joe are a charm together. Fun to listen, and I always end up with a smile. Carry on with great show, guys. Boom. Thank you for the review. Boom in all caps. We appreciate you listening to the cast and we're glad you like it. And then the next review that we have is from our friend Eric the Red, who's in your clan, right? He is. Cast Royale too. Yeah. All right. And it's a five-star review, which is awesome. And he writes, great show. Um, Love the podcast and the clan. Good work. So Eric is, I think in my clan, he's, I, I say my clan because it's not your clan, but in, Ca- in Cast Royale 2, he's known as the Swarm Guy. He makes... He sounds like a Viking, Eric the Red. He does sound like a Viking. Right? All I know is that he uses these decks that they're swarm-based, and they just get you so frustrated because they're perpetual damage that you just can't keep up with. He plays them so well, and honestly, if, if I made a swarm deck, I would totally copy his. The problem is that he uses the Ice Wizard, but of course, I don't have any legendaries, so I can't make his deck. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Eric, for the awesome review. I love it. Uh, you, your clan members are fantastic, Dude, by the way. Very active gotta, clan members. I'm not bribing them, I swear. I mean, my clan members are awesome, too. I got to get them. Hey, guys, you got you to gotta leave us some reviews. 
Cast Royale 2. All right, so we're back. Um, and the last review is from Purple Flame 3. Um, five-star review, who writes, Awesome channel. Rob and Joe are definitely the best podcast channel out there, and not just for Clash Royale. I listen to your new pods whenever they are uploaded, and I am currently in the clan Cast Royale 2. My gamer tag is Purple Flame. Keep up the entertaining work, guys. So Purple is the guy that I was talking about before, where we went on Discord, we used the voice chat, and we helped one another. He helped me, I helped him. Um, he wanted me to give him some pointers about his deck, but it was funny mm-hmm. because when we, were, when we were just playing, he, he was doing things that I was like, oh, I've never seen that happen before. Oh, but the coolest thing about it is we were able to talk through our thoughts while we were playing. So Purple, thanks for the review. It was awesome discording with you. We'll do it again. Boom. Yeah, and I was talking to him earlier on Discord, and he was asking me if I would do the same thing with him. Um, but unfortunately, because we're in different clans, we can't battle. But you and I might have to get together in the same room so I could uh, talk to him while you're playing him, because I would love to help. I really think, on that point, I really think like Supercell needs to do something about, there's no reason why you'd have, the only way to play somebody is if you're in the same clan as them. I just want a, an actual friends list to be able to request that I want to play you. Right. And then also, it's just, you should be able to search for an individual player. Yeah, that would be really cool. But I mean, I'd be afraid of who might be searching for me. I mean, you don't have to accept them. Well, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, Purple, you're the man. Boom. Definitely. Um, And that pretty much does it for our show. Um, As always, if you would like to leave us feedback or give us any tips for our show um just want to stop in and say hello please leave us an email at feedback at castroyalepodcast.com um or as always you can go to our website and fill out our form you can always contact us there as well and don't forget you can always reach out to us on twitter at podcast royale yeah um and we've been getting awesome feedback out there recently so um we finally have more followers on there than i have on my own personal account so boom boom um As with the previous episodes, we have uh, our community survey that we would love for people to um, fill out. It takes no more than two minutes. It's 10 questions. Um, It would really help us uh, tweak and tailor our show uh, to make it that much better. Um, And then the last thing that we wanted to bring up, which we've been teasing over and over and over and over. And over, like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah, um, is our Patreon is finally here. Um, If you go to our website, you can see at the top in the menu bar, there will be a button that says Patreon. Click on there. Um, We explain everything that's going on with that whole program right on that page. Um, And if you are interested in helping us out, we would really appreciate it. And Joe, I think we have some pretty cool rewards uh, to give to them in return, right? Some very cool rewards. So be sure to check it out. Like Rob said, if you like what we do and you want to support us to keep doing what we're doing, you know, this is just a hobby for us, but it's a, it's a funny hobby that can become very expensive. So if you like what we're doing and you'd want us to keep delivering some awesome content, um, and you want to support us, we'd more than appreciate it. So be sure to check it out. Definitely. Um, so that's it. Um, until next week for another, do it, do it. Hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. (laughs) I love it. All right. So we'll see you next week. Uh, Bye. Bye.